0: what are we calling this we never decided
1: getting to know us or something yeah but it feels like we are going deep but we can't write that as a series we're going oh. deep you
0: yeah he's a moana song know who you are <laughs> this is us this is us oh i like are.
2: that this is us all right let's get rolling
0: oh, great. let's do it let's
2: do it hello and welcome to table for five with no reservations Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty, tart, and pleasantly bitter conversation. Hello, and thank you for taking a seat at the table. This is series 18, This Is Us, and tonight we are going to be asking Tabitha some questions. So this episode is all about Tabitha. At the table tonight, I have Kimberly. Hello. Rachel. Hey, everybody. Jen. Hi, everyone. Tabitha. Hello. And I'm Jamie. Uh, Tabitha, do you want to tell everyone a little bit about you?
0: I am Tabitha Cabrera. I live in Montana. Moved almost a year ago from Arizona. I have two babies, Nixon and Nora, who are six and four. Nixon's almost seven. And... I write on piece of Autism on Instagram and Facebook. I have five children's books that I published with my brother, Mike Barnett. The first one is Do You Talk the Way I Talk? Second one is Me and My AAC. Third book is What's the Commotion with My Emotions? The fourth book, our most recent book, is Can I See Autism? And then we have our first book in Spanish, Hablos Como Yo?, which my sister did the translation for. So those are the five books that we have available on Amazon. Go check them out. Yeah. I am a attorney in my profession. I don't know what else there is about me, but
2: eh, that's all she wrote, I guess. It's wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we have 16 questions. We're each going to be answering for Tabitha's first. This is... What is your favorite place on earth outside of being with your kids and family?
0: Hands down, the beach. For sure, the beach. I've always felt comfort and calm near the beach. Something bigger than myself that can remind me that there's more out there in this world than what my tiny problems or tiny life is. And the second one would be the woods in front of a campfire. Those two places, I think, are where I retreat if I'm like really lost.
2: Love that what is something people would never guess just by looking at you? This
0: one was kind of hard. So I think that I need more support. My sister recently told me that when I was talking about feeling like a failure or whatever, that people have an idea. Maybe I perceive myself in this idea of perfection and other people place that on me too, that I'll fall in line that I'll always be organized that I'll always be showing up and I think it surprises some people sometimes when I open up and I'm like I'm a hot mess like I don't know what's happening I'm barely managing you know and I need to get better at being open about that but I also think that it, it comes back at me sometimes in my relationships where people are like feel like i'm failing them because i've shown up in that way before in the past and um it surprises them when i'm like hey what the hell i'm mm-hmm. also struggling like that i can't do anything else this is it this max capacity so i guess that's it
2: looking back on your life who or what instantly makes you light up
0: anytime i hear my kids giggle both of them have spectacular little giggles that warm my heart every time. Before I moved to Phoenix, my friends made me a book of photos and letters that they wrote to me when I left and moved. And I've gone back to that numerous times when I felt like lonely or sad and like looked at all the places that I've been, not like locations, but all the, the growth and change. So that always lights me up. The day I passed the bar exam, thinking about that day, and I literally wept with happiness in that moment. And then I ran a marathon in Zion national park and I can still draw this back at the beginning of the race. The sun was coming up over the red mountains of Zion and it was like crisp air. And it was literally like
2: breathtaking. Thinking back to that kind of brings me back to
0: a place of happiness.
2: I love that. Sometimes I think we're alike, Tabitha. And then I remember that you've passed the bar and you've run a marathon. (laughs) (laughs) Same.
1: I'm like, Oh, we're kindred spirits. Oh, we're (laughs) achiever.
0: half marathon. Don't give me too much credit. Only, only half, half a marathon.
2: <laughs> like Jesus, I trained for a 5k and I never, I never <laughs> achieved it. Okay. okay. <laughs> if you could rekindle passion of an old hobby, what would it be? And what do you miss about it?
0: I think, uh, I used to bake a lot of desserts, like fancy desserts. One time I made this pop rock cheesecake, which I highly recommend pop rocks on a cheesecake. Thumbs up to that but I stopped baking for a while. So I think that would be it. Maybe make some more cakes.
2: (laughs) What does your best day look like? What are you wearing? Where are you going? Who are you with? What do you do?
0: So I had exploring a new place, no matter where it is in the country, out of the country, literally one of my favorite things to do on a 70 degree day, wearing a sundress and laughing. I love to travel with all kinds of people So the people, if you want to sign up to travel with me, let's do it. (laughs) But one of my favorite things on the planet is exploring a new place, the food, the energy, um, just the newness. So that's probably what it would be. And I'm with Rachel and I thought about this too. Like the perfect day would, I think, be, you know, those days with your kids when they, it's just smooth sailing like
1: smooth I mean are you kidding me
0: moves, like the things are in line everyone's happy yeah. all the things line up and you're like whoa, whoa this can actually happen so that too I think those two would be
2: what is your favorite childhood memory
0: uh, I grew up in San Diego So half of my life was in California, half of my life was in Montana. As a kid, I grew up in San Diego and there was a canyon behind our house and I have a ton of siblings. There there was six of us kids growing up. We would trek down to this canyon and we would hike down to the canyon, swim in this probably a ditch, I don't know. (laughs) probably wasn't the best choice but we would (laughs) swim in this water that was there i want to say it's a creek it's not a creek and we would collect rainwater sewage sewage. i'm not sure and we would collect golf balls from this fancy golf (laughs) golf course that was along this creek slash sewage line and we would turn them into the golf course they would give us a couple bucks then we'd hike back up and we'd go to the corner store and we would buy some chips or candy or something after a hard day's work of
3: collecting random golf balls in the sewer.
0: I mean, it was a creek. We're going to say it's a creek. A creek. <laughs> but it was like no time existed. There was no place to be. There was no expectation of following any rules or any weight of the circumstances surrounding no us in the sewage pond. Yeah. <laughs> no supervision but it was just like fun exploring and doing whatever the hell we wanted and then at the end you get your reward of the 25 cent bag of chips or whatever they cost at that time loved it
2: if you could meet anyone in the world dead or alive who would it be
0: let me see. i had dolly parton for sure There's just something about her spirit and energy and the things she has to say about life that I feel like she would be great to go have a meal with. Um, Any person that was sitting in the room when they signed the constitution. Can you imagine? Like I've thought about this so many times about the energy that was in the room the day that they signed our constitution into place. I mean, right now I'm getting chills just thinking about it. So any person who was there that day
1: That's attorney blood. Just as you guys I was like, that's that's a lawyer. I have attorney blood. The four of us, while you're looking at your declaration of your goals right now, (laughs) we're like, what the f? Like, I've never, ever thought about that. I just want to let you know there's eight eyeballs going. She's so much nerdier than we thought. <laughs> I love
3: that. I just can't imagine, like, I thought it was someone room, read that constitution right now. I'm just gonna, thinking maybe we people. can get them to update it while, they're, while you're talking to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes,
0: I think those were my two. Dolly Parton or any person sitting in the room who was there when they signed the constitution or who signed the, con- the constitution of the United States. So powerful. Giving people rights. I love it.
2: What was the happiest day of your life?
0: I think there's been so many like fulfilling days. So the one I had was the moment I found out I was pregnant. So a lot of people would probably say the day they gave birth to their kids or, and you all know that I had a pretty traumatic birth experience. So for me, that was like, not the picture perfect hallmark experience of birthing my kids or my, my son anyway. But when I found out I was pregnant there's something about that that i kind of knew that my life was going to change and the trajectory of my life was going to change i felt in that moment that like this was something i could do and it would be easy ah, tricks on me but that, that moment in time my law school graduation was literally filled with joy and accomplishment and it was like i was overcome with like a breathtaking moment of what that how, how is this possible? How am I here? How did I get here? Kind of thing. And then when I was in law school, I took a trip with my sister to Puerto Rico. Our uncle took us to see some friends of his who lived in old Puerto Rico and they treated us to this Puerto Rican experience. They like in Puerto Rico, when you have guests, they lay out a flag over the window and they had this traditional Puerto Rican food there was wind blowing through the open windows. And in that moment, I felt like I was kind of shifting from this young mentality to kind of like more of an adult experience. And I remember like feeling that in the moment as the music was playing in the background and you could see the blue cobblestone streets. And so that day was kind of one of those happy moments where I'm like, wow, I'm re- this is really my life is changing before my eyes, you know, so. Mushika she stuff. <laughs> <laughs> On
2: another note, what is your biggest insecurity?
0: <sighs> okay, here we go. I often feel unwanted, which in turn makes me feel insecure about relationships in my life. When you grow up with kind of absent parents or un- unknown parents, you're left with kind of a lingering that I'm not a good enough for love. And it's something that I'm still healing from and often surfaces in relationships and where I'm headed. And I'm also worried that I can't be all that my children need and that I'll never truly feel comfortable where I am. So I've always had this, I would say, unwavering like um, discomfort in what's coming next. The shoe's going to drop, kind of never really feeling settled in. Um, to relationships or people or places. And that's trauma. <laughs> so I think my trauma kind of carries forward into like my deepest insecurities about myself. And it boils down to like not feeling wanted or loved.
2: Usually. I want you to. Oh, good.
1: <laughs> Let's interrupt real quick. We, we for love big, you. I love yeah. you. <laughs> I do. I, like I said
0: earlier, just like, <laughs> <Hey>, please. <laughs>
2: How do you know when you can trust someone?
0: When they keep showing up, usually is what it boils down to for me. Especially when you are vulnerable with someone and they still keep coming back, you know, with open arms and no judgment. That's usually when I open up to people. Takes a long time for me to do that.
1: Copy and paste that to my answer from episode one because that's far
0: better. (laughs) (laughs) When they keep showing up.
1: How do you move through
2: big feelings?
0: my go-to cry in the shower or car those two places therapy take a run and usually sitting in it for numerous days uh trying to figure out where it's coming from those are my main go-to what is the crying (laughs) crying in the shower or the
3: car these are so mature tabitha i mean Or, or anywhere i am on the way to said shower
0: yeah or sometimes at a commercial, or sometimes, I mean. At a
3: stoplight. I love that there's a list. (laughs) Yeah. Would you rather
2: live one day longer than your child with additional needs or have access to the dream team and placement for them?
0: I think I understood this more after Rachel answered the question, but
1: maybe. That's because Rachel never words a question right, but I know (laughs) I want to say, so that's the problem.
0: When I read this, I was like, I don't know. I said, I would never want to live without my children in my life ever period and I wouldn't want them to feel the pain that comes with losing me because either one of those sound horrifying but if I had to choose one I think I would you know want them to have support and placement and all the resources and be in a place where they could succeed if they did have to deal with that kind of loss I can't imagine living without my kids absolutely would break me as a human being I think
2: how do you explain your child's diagnosis to people?
0: This has evolved <laughs> over time. When Nixon first got diagnosed, most of the time it was like shouting to people, I feel like, in a state of panic. I hear you
1: uh, like, he's autistic, get your hands off of us!
0: Or like when someone <laughs> was trying to is trying to be rude and like not modify to what you need, then you just like kind of blur it out without like thinking about it. And you're just like, cut me a break here. Like we're trying the best we can. I've learned how to talk about it more. I wouldn't say casually, but I would say more in my own Like I've learned how to like blame who my kids are in a short period of time. So people understand without it being filled with emotion and without making it seem negative. Cause I think sometimes when you talk about it in that emotional state, it comes off as like a negative. And then the person responds usually with, I'm so sorry, or whatever the token responses are. So I have gotten much better at like just laying it out there for their sake. And sometimes I find that it's not even necessary to really talk about it you know not because I don't want to but just because like not every person tells everything about their kids when their kids are in front of them you know like if your kid is a biter sometimes if you're on a play date you'll be like oh my kid bites but if you know like a neurotypical kid but if you're just out at the park you're not going to say oh by the way watch out for those teeth you know what I mean like Not that autism is something to watch out about, but you know what I mean? Like you don't get into every significant detail about your kids and like passing. Anyway, that was a long answer, but I've gotten better at it.
2: What relations have been most impacted by your child's diagnosis?
0: I had, same as Rachel, when I thought about this, I had all of them, every single one of them, because I have shifted. And Jen says this fundamentally as a human being since my kid's diagnosis. And whether that be like, people's changes who support me and trying to understand me like that has shifted. I think obviously everyone who's listened previously knows that I'm going through a divorce. So that relationship changed dramatically for many reasons. I think friendships are harder to maintain and to connect with people. I think my coworkers relationship changed, you know, cause now I work from home and I don't go to an office anymore, so like everything, I I really do, and that's not because of my children's diagnosis. I think it's because of the way that I have shifted as a person, in order to support them and and try to understand them and process everything. So,
2: if you had a chance to build a dream center slash community, what would be the cornerstone of your offering?
0: I think number one would be bridging the gap of waitlist. If you can get someone in to speech therapy or OT without having to wait three to four to five to six months or into a developmental pediatrician or into a clinical licensed clinical psychologist's office the second they need it, that would be incredible. Two, I think childcare, even before your child's diagnosed, childcare between the ages of infant to when they start public school, if they can get into public school or be in a public school setting or whatever that case may be, is non-existent, I think. And then I think life skills and adult programming and day programming, there's nothing for that. So if you could like do a whole age bracket of services in one place, and then the cool thing is you could have these adult autistic people helping with these little younger kids, you know, our kids, teaching them things and teaching classes and, you know, like I think about all the artists out there, all the people who are interested in cooking or whatever the case may be, they could be then doing the life skills for the, or helping support younger kids and these other programs. So, And then the third thing would be support for parents. Mm-hmm. There is not enough therapy, counseling, access to that easily in this entire planet, I think, for any person who has a mental health struggle, but especially for us who are already navigating, trying to get a billion services in place. The last one on the docket is our own health and mental health. So if you could provide either a support group or a psychologist or someone who runs the support group or whatever for parents and also some training or not training, but like other parents who come in and say, Hey, this is what I've been through. Cause that has been the most helpful thing to me I think is knowing you guys who have older kids and who have gone through some of the things that I'm just now going through it makes all the difference really does
1: it would basically
0: be a billion dollar community center
1: for
2: all the people and all the
1: things we'll each need a trillion for this <laughs> yeah. question number 14 please yeah yeah
2: <laughs> that too and just like us learning how to regulate and handle such yeah. like you Like how to handle the actual situations, not just even just talking about it, but like what to do when your child's having meltdown with, you know, like, because we figure out all these things for them, but we don't figure out for ourselves. Anyway, I love that. What is your biggest dream for yourself outside of your family and kids?
0: I had fill the deep holes as much as possible and not regret choosing not to live the life I want. So I I don't want to look back and be like, man, I wish I would have done all these things I just want to do them. I want to be there. I want to be breathing life. I want to be feeling life and not waiting till tomorrow to do the things, those things. Um, Travel the world for sure. I definitely want to see more places, go more places, experience more life. But mainly I want to learn more about myself in order to heal some of these open wounds, be a better person for most of the time. I think of that in the capacity of my kids, but also for my own self too, you know, so.
2: That was number sixteen. So by what tabs established, we're all gonna go around and say nice things about Tabitha. Oh, <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable when this gets to me, and you guys. Have to, I'm gonna turn off my camera, and you guys do this to me. I'll go first. Tabs, I love you so much. I think you're a very giving person, even with your. Legal, not legal advice, or things like that, are so willing to help out with stuff like that, like things I've run into or others of us, like, with no hesitation. Where I feel like other people probably feel annoyed by that, that people are always asking. Jen always asking me what you think about celebrity court stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think I know you don't feel it, but I feel like you're a very resilient person. Mm. I think you're very thoughtful in that you come at people on a very like real level and you just kind of say it how it is, but in a really nice way, when someone's going through something, you don't like try to fancy it up. You're just like, that sucks. I'm sorry. And like, sometimes you really just need to hear that from people instead of like people trying to build you up or which you also do that sound bad, but <laughs> like like, <laughs> are, you, like sit in it with people. And I, I love that about you. And I love that you're such a great mom. And the way you talk about your kids is like in the most beautiful positive way but yeah I just love you so much
1: hmm. I'm gonna cry too I think we can do all of these with screen on I just want to set that I did that I set that standard for us <laughs> um Teb, I I'm gonna go next I want you to know that I don't know this word but I know the idea so I'm gonna try okay it's gonna be a little bit like the Sheehan episode ready for me? <laughs> okay there's something called Kintsugi I believe and hmm. it's this premise that if you have this beautiful vessel or ceramic thing in chinese culture and it cracks that they fill it with gold so that it's reunited yeah. and i want you to know that even despite knowing not knowing the name <laughs> i identify with so much of your your past and your history and your you know you and i Know that we've got some parallel path. And I just see all of your shattered parts held together with this gold that's just beaming and stronger than you know. My hope and prayer for you as you move through the next couple of years and like get a little further down all of these parts of the road is that you get to see the strength that you have because we are all broken, but you don't hold us accountable to our breaks like you do yourself. And I just, I can see the gold glimmering in all, you know, holding it all together. I, I just think it's such an inspiration the way that you live. I know that you're often still with a list ahead of you and all these steps of things to accomplish, but that's because your your heart bleeds for a problem and the solution is never just for your fix, but it's to impact change for everyone. Mm-hmm. I've never ever known a person who wanted to sign the Declaration of Independence and smell that musty, stinky American room. (laughs) It it makes me love you so hard because as I was listening, I was seeing the wigs and smelling the powder and all the funk (laughs) and you are thinking about rights of people. I mean, I just, I want you to know, I see you and I just love all the parts and I, I, yep, it's all golden sparkly.
3: Yes. So one of the things I love about you, Tabitha, is you get an idea or something in your mind, and then you go full speed ahead. Like nothing stops you and you just go for it. Like, I love that. Like, I'm not like that at all. So I definitely like, wish I could be more like that. And of course we all know you're you're also a very kind, generous, loving person, mother, friend, sister. I mean, I wish that you could see the way others see you because you're wonderful. You've been through- them back, you're strong, you're resilient. You are a fantastic mother. You love your children with all your heart. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. Like you are enough. And you give all this to everybody else and you need to let your God down a little and take all that, take all that you're giving to other people for yourself because you deserve that. Aww. And I just love you so much. Aww.
1: I just wanted to say that- oh. I, I had to step away, so I'm not sure what the other lady said, but you are an amazing mom and you have two ghettos and you do it and you do it every day. And I don't think you realize how strong you are because a lot of this stuff would break most people and you're still going every single day and you fight for your kids every single day. You moved across the country for your children. You... And, you know, I, I I always joke about saying it, but you are a badass. Mm. Like, you are a badass. You are, like, Jamie, we didn't write the bar. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, and I don't think you really realize your strength or how good of a friend you are or how kind you are and supportive of people, even when you're in your stuff, you know? And mm. I love you. And I'm so thankful.
0: And I love you guys, too, so much. Could not make it through this life without you, mm. for sure. Oh, crying. This was a great idea. This is us
1: in tears. <laughs> if I only had a panty liner shaped tissue wrap. On the table for-
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know, we had some great contributions to the gift bags table.
2: Yeah, she put a stick on it. It didn't look as much like a panty liner after she put
0: it. <laughs> I pulled that out somewhere the other day and it made me laugh.
2: Yeah,
1: but did you use it? I mean this is the
0: ticket i did use it yeah Yeah. i did it was one of the crying over the spaghetti situation
1: yes well i'm glad we could be there for you
0: uh i love you guys so much thank you for all the yes we
1: love you
2: thank you everybody this uh was episode two we have three more coming and we'll see you next time bye bye Bye. thank you everyone Thank you for joining us at the table for this episode of the Table for Five No Reservations Podcast. Big thank you to all of our supporters. If you would like to become a supporter, please check out the description of this episode where you will also find episode information, how to sign up for our newsletter and find links to us individually. Join us next Monday for more. And while you wait, check out our content on Facebook and Instagram. If you are enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and rate and review us wherever you listen. To contact us, you can email us at Table for Five at gmail.com. We'll see you next week. Can't wait to sit with you
3: again.